Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm your host, Steve Kirby. And I'm Hall Burkhart. Buddy, we're going back. We're going back to the tried and true formula of talking about a, a console. We're trying to polish off our discussion of the sixth generation of console releases. I think this is one of the first generations where we're going to be able to talk about most of them, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did the PlayStation 2. And uh, we went a little bit out of order because the system that we're talking about today was actually released a couple of years before that. And that is the Sega Dreamcast, Sega's last console before they went to uh, third-party development only. Man, I love this console, man. Me too. This is uh, This is definitely one I have such fond memories of. And I know we've talked about the controller a million times on this podcast, you know, but that was just part of it. The games they had were great. The graphics were tight back then. And And in some ways, it seems like the Dreamcast going away made way for the birth of the Xbox, right? Like a lot of these console exclusives to the Dreamcast would either be ported or sequelized on the the Xbox in the, the years following the cancellation of that console. Um, And like, you know, not for nothing, they kind of fucked up the release of the Saturn, right? Like that was a whole big um, disaster for Sega and they really tried to pull out of it, but I think the damage had been done by then. I think the sort of weakening of the Genesis brand through all the weird add-ons, CD, you know, Mm -hmm. Sega CD, 32X, the the botching of uh, the release of the Saturn, I think it, I think the writing was on the wall. They did their best. They definitely did. Um, you know, with that said, there like you said, there was so many puzzling decisions they yeah. made with uh, with their brand over the years there, and with the the market as competitive as it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Nintendo and uh, their their big rivalry with Nintendo and then Sony got in the water and immediately started making big splashes. It was going to be tough and not to mention what happened with years later with Microsoft. I don't yeah. think they would have been able to make it too much longer. No. And, and it's, it's really admirable, like, or, or some, I don't know what the right word to say, is, but the fact that they went out on such a good console, like it wasn't a matter of 
they put out a shitty console with shitty games, right? And that's what did them in. It was mm-hmm. a really good console. And and I feel like at the time it got its, you know, it got its praises and stuff, but it seems like one of those consoles that's only increased in uh esteem as the years have gone on. So, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about the Dreamcast. And then for this console generation, the sixth generation, we really only have the GameCube, which I had and you didn't, and mm-hmm. the original Xbox, which you had and I didn't. So we'll mm-hmm. get those done sometime, too. Um, so tell me how you got your, your Dreamcast. Uh, it, the Dreamcast was a surprise Christmas gift. So uh, that fall, our house burnt down. Our, we had a house fire. We lost everything. We, like, we were all okay. Um, but I lost all my video game consoles. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm conflating this with the 64. It was a couple years later. Um, uh, the Dreamcast was one of those things where, like, I wanted one, but I was like, uh, who knows when that's going to happen. I got to scrape together some pennies, right? I would have been 16 when the Dreamcast came out. Um and then, just out of nowhere, that was my Christmas gift for my parents that year. A Dreamcast, Sonic Adventures, and Mortal Kombat Gold mm. were the two games I got. Um, solid. Solid choices, man. Mm-hmm. Solid fucking choices. Um, and, you know, I sort of mentioned, right, the the shit that they did with the Saturn, where they kind of screwed it up. Um, but I think that does, seeing as neither of us owned a Saturn, right? Did you own a Saturn? <laughs> No, I happened to be roommates with a guy in college who had one, though, so I I played it a good bit. I I liked a lot of the games I played for the Sega Saturn. Mm -hmm. Um, So what happened was, like, in 95, you know, like, so the the Sega Saturn comes out towards the end, uh, end of 1994 in Japan. Meanwhile, Sega of America releases the 32X, right, to try and extend the life of the Genesis uh, a little more keeping that thing on fucking uh life support palliative care yeah, yeah um and then in march of 1995 they tentatively announced that the sega saturn would release on saturn day september 2nd 1995 right um and that was the original plan well sega of japan there there's sort of this and it's a lot to get into so we won't get into it all there's sort of this history of competition between Sega of Japan and Sega of America, right? Where they didn't necessarily seem to get along or be on the same page for a lot of stuff. And this was one of them. They basically, Sega of Japan came down on Sega of America and said, no, you guys got to release it earlier than that to get a head start on the PlayStation. Really worried about the PlayStation. And then, so what happens is at the very first E3, in 1995, in May, uh, Tom Kalinske, the current head of Sega of America, comes out and um, announces, you know, the price of the Sega Saturn, 400 bucks. That includes <sighs> a copy of Virtua Fighter. And that they had already shipped 30,000 units to Toys R Us, Babbage's, and Electronics Boutique. Now, remind me, just real quick, that is expensive, right for back then yeah dude like that i'm glad you brought that up because i want to look into how much would that have been because you know like 
I'll tell you what, if uh, the Xbox Series X or the PS5 came out at 400 bucks, I'd have been like, oh my God, it's a deal. But <laughs> you got to remember, this is 1994 dollars, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, which um, is, seems very pricey. Yeah, I wonder how much that is. Um, uh, is in today's dollars. It's going to be expensive. Let's see. 750 bucks. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's more. That's more than a, the Steam Deck, the the high model Steam Deck. It sure is. You know, and and I just looked up what the Se- uh, Sega Dreamcast's price was when it came out. It's it was two hundred two hundred dollars. One ninety nine. One ninety nine. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they clearly learned from that mistake. <laughs> yeah, and well, and then so the first thing that happens is then they so immediately they put the ball. And Sony's court, because Sony court, Sony, Sony comes out and they're like three ninety nine. The PlayStation's going to be two ninety nine. You know what I mean? And then what happens is because they did the surprise release, right? Um, people uh, like retailers, national retailers that aren't those Toys R Us, Babbage's, Electronics Boutique, like Best Buy and Walmart, two of the bigger you know players in that. Um, in that space and KB toys all got pissed off at Sega Mm -hmm. to the point where like KB stopped carrying Sega shit at all. Um, so huge fuck up right out the gate. And it sucks because the Saturn think is a, is a solid system. It's definitely got some like hidden gem, deep cut games that are really Mm -hmm. good. Um, but they just like crippled themselves from the get-go yeah it was just a really really bad string of moves yep and so then you know now sega's got to figure out how the hell do we get out of this right mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so their their answer to the failure of the sega saturn and all those missteps was the sega dreamcast um, which came out in november 1998 in japan and then september 1999 in North yeah. America, almost a nine, whole ass years later. It was year nine later. nine ninety nine. Yep. yep, yep. I rem- boy, do I remember that advertising campaign. That's funny. That's the second time you've mentioned like advertising campaigns, and most of the advertising camp- campaigns that I remember from back in the day are from game magazines. Right? Oh yeah, like, isn't that where we basically got all that? It wasn't too much TV commercials back then for that stuff. It, Maybe uh, here and there, here like and there, the holidays, especially when they're like pushing, you know, out the door. But by and large, we got all our information about video games from magazines mm-hmm. back in those days. And I remember seeing the Dreamcast commercials. I also remember seeing the commercials for the PlayStation Two, where they like it was supposed to be futuristic, and they were talking about the PlayStation Eight or whatever. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yeah. Um, so, and create like yet another thing that we're spoiled by now that we don't have to experience anymore is the gap in date between Mm, Japanese mm -hmm. release and North American release. We were talking about it maybe last episode, um, about how, you know, you would go to IGN or gaming websites back in this time and they would have people um, who would have imported consoles and games from Japan and would be playing that shit like a year before you could get your hands on it and how it always drove me crazy. Oh, dude, I nearly snapped. I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast, but I'll tell it again, that I almost snapped and bought like a Super Famicom just so I could import 
Street Fighter 2. Right. You know, because it was out in Japan like a long time before it came out over here. And I was like a little crackhead for Street Fighter back then. Well, you know what I remember? So none of the game stores, well, we didn't really have game stores. Our game stores in my hometown were like Walmart or Kmart. Um, but I remember when we would go to like Memphis or even come here to Birmingham and go to like an electronics boutique or a Babbage's, they'd have import games sometimes. I remember hmm. seeing import games in like, not like mom and pop, like franchised electronics or game stores back then, which was weird. Um, definitely not something you see anymore. Mm -mm. Um, the the Dreamcast was kind of interesting because it was one of the, as far as I can remember, and look, I'm no video game historian, one of the first instances of a company using quote-unquote off-the-shelf parts, right, to mm -hmm. make their console. That's very uh, in line with what's going on, you know, today. It seems like post PS3, 360 era, that's kind of what you're your uh console manufacturers are doing to where like you know your ps5 and your series x is just kind of a a, a dumbed down powerful gaming pc at a certain point right um you know this is the beginning of them sort of going out of the proprietary hardware and software and stuff that in later days would make emulation really hard that's why emulating the playstation 3 is such a bitch and I am convinced that is why they only let you stream PlayStation 3s on that uh, PlayStation 3 games on that PSN service is because of how weird that uh I think it was called the core processor is oh. in that system. Man, thank God they remade Demon Souls because my ass would have bought like a black market PlayStation 3 just to have that game, you know what I mean? Because like, I wouldn't have wanted to stream it. I remember I remember several times being on discord or xbox live with you and you'd be like i was looking at playstation 3s on ebay today <laughs> i remember when you were considering it and you were like I i'm gonna know. hold tight i'm gonna hold strong because the rumors are that there's gonna be a remake and thank god they announced it for the launch of playstation 5 because you might have been like well to kill some time before the ps5 comes in i'm gonna get a ps3 <laughs> so yeah that really worked out for you yeah <clears throat> um the Dreamcast uh, had a lot of interesting features. You know, this was also in the era of, all right, well, we got four controller ports on right. the front. Uh, the, the Nintendo 64, for all its many flaws, and I do, I would like to emphasize many flaws, uh, <laughs> sort of introduced that, and that was nice. Now we don't have to worry about it. Everything's wireless. but um, And we've, ugh, we have heaped praise upon praise on the the Dreamcast controller, but there's a reason for that. It's awesome. Yeah. And and you know what? Like it's one of those weird uh false memories of like for some reason, anytime I think of that controller, I think of it having two analog sticks. But it didn't. Just one. Mm -hmm. Just the one. Yeah. It is weird. Yep. <laughs> it's weird. Um but I don't ever remember like having an instance where I was like, this controller does not work with this game. Like I did with the, the 64. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, this is also, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. This is also the birth of a new Titan in professional sports, sports gaming, right? Because EA uh, declines developing 
sports games for the Dreamcast, you have uh, visual concepts come through and you get the 2K series, right? And mm-hmm. One of my faves. Yep. It's wild to think about playing it now without the right stick, you know? I know. Uh, but it, yeah, it worked fine back then, you know? Yeah, That's man. how you played football games, I guess. But. Um, <laughs> and, you know, one thing I always like to do, I actually don't have it um, pulled up, but I can do it real quick. I love seeing what the launch lineup is of these older consoles. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, oh, my God. There is a... a oh, holy shit. There is an archived article for from IGN that's the definitive Dreamcast launch game guide. Holy moly. Posted on September 10th, 1999. Okay. Power Stone. Power Great Stone, game. amazing game. A game series that I hope we see reborn one day. A lot of my favorite memories on the Dreamcast. Power Stone was the very first game I bought after getting my Dreamcast. Because I had a demo for it on a demo disc. Because once again, this is back in the day where you could get a demo disc Mm -hmm. for your consoles. Yeah, I think Uh, I played the Power Stone demo before I played the game myself too. Yeah, and it's like, um, it's a Capcom 3D-ish fighting game, right? Um, Where you have um, all kinds of different uh characters you can play it's like in these 3d 2d spaces and the the mechanic of it is you're collecting the power stones through the match and when you get them all you can transform into a more powerful version of your character Uh, it would later go on to get a sequel that was also really good and then besides that all they've ever done is like a psp collection that they released that had them both and there hasn't been anything from Power Stone since, which is a shame because I really like that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it had definite potential to continue on as a franchise. I was kind of puzzled why it didn't either. Yeah, I guess it just didn't sell. It, yeah, it, I guess so. The hype it got seemed to not, it didn't seem to match sales or whatever. Um, really good game. It was also a game that was mentioned on that Capcom leak from last year or whatever. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so there may be some sort of return to, to Power Stone in the future because a lot of that other stuff seems to be correct. Uh, Mortal Kombat Gold, uh, one of my games I got with my Dreamcast. Terrible game, terrible, terrible, awful game. So, remind me what Mortal Kombat Gold was. It was like the quote unquote ultimate version of Mortal Kombat 4. Uh, Mortal Kombat 4. <laughs> yeah, real bad. The first time they were like, let's get 3D with it. And you were like, oh, whoa man. there, Ed Boon. Hold whoa, on now. Ed Boon. Chill, chill your tits out there, Ed Boon. Hold up. Hold up. Um, And then, uh, to me, so, like, uh, Hidden Gem uh, got to own, out of these three fighting games, Power Stone, right? But as much as I love Power Stone, you have to acknowledge fucking soul caliber that was the must own fighting game at launch soul caliber to the point where i couldn't find it for a little while to purchase anytime i'd go to a store they'd be out of soul caliber i remember when origin story for mine was i had dropped out of college at this point was living at home had a job full time and um my mom was encouraging me to get a credit card going at this point because i hadn't had one and she was like, why don't you go buy that new Sega? And I was like, 
okay thanks mom wow this is some amazing life advice yeah exactly so i I went and got it and i had soul caliber and the nfl game those were my two launch titles not i didn't buy it at launch though it was like a couple months later and i guess it spoke to i don't know how well it was selling because i was able to just walk into um i guess it was a babbage's back then uh and just get one and it was like november you know so buddy i so i remember when i was a kid people talking about how hard it was buying the game boy when it first came out and then i don't remember somebody talking about how hard it was to find a system until the playstation 2 that was the next time i remember mm-hmm. people talking about like you just can't find them it was a different a different beast back then clearly um the pool of gamers was much smaller gaming has grown leaps and bounds as far as like adoption rates and stuff since 1999 but yeah i I don't ever remember you know there being all like oh they're all sold out you can't find them um okay uh as far as platformers on the launch lineup we had sonic adventure sonic adventure is sega's first foray into 3d with the sonic franchise does a really decent admirable job of translating that franchise to 3d but definitely doesn't meet the heights of like a Mario 64 of an Ocarina of Time. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good game. Um, to me, it would have been a rental, but I had like I got it with mine and I played the shit out of that game. But it was definitely more of a rental than an own, in my opinion. Um, There's some game called Expendable that I do not remember. Um Trick Style, Hydro Thunder, Tokyo Extreme Racer, Flag to Flag, Monaco Grand Prix 2. Lots of fucking racing games. Um, House of the Dead 2. Okay. Okay. Not really my jam, but, you know, I mean, I never was one for the rail shooters, especially for, like, the home thing. It's one thing if you're playing it in the arcade, but... Yeah. These kind of light gun rail shooter games are only like I, I get why people like them and and if you if that was your jam in the arcade and you're like oh shit i can do this at home i get it but once again a rental mm-hmm. right if you wanted to play house of the dead too i would have rented it I exactly it. yeah that, it's a great rental yeah it's like for an evening yeah know. yeah yeah perfect um nfl 2k nfl blitz 2000 and ready to rumble were the sports titles available um nfl 2k i mean we talked a bunch about it it was great um Mm -hmm. i remember being very excited for ready to rumble that boxing game because i thought it i was like oh it's gonna be like uh was it a boxing game or a wrestling game no it was it was a boxing game boxing game okay cool i'm thinking of rumble roses maybe that might be the wrestling game. Yeah, Sorry. that's it. That's a sexy wrestling game, if I remember. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a sexy game. It might be. Um, so that's the launch lineup. Strong. Like, I mean, uh, something that you will see here, right, is that it is um, it struggles in the RPG department, the Dreamcast in general, right? Another mm-hmm. one of those consoles that was missing a huge uh, genre of games for the most part that I was very interested in at this point. So that was always a little bit of a bummer. But, like, another thing to keep in mind is, like, this shit had... You could get online 
with your Dreamcast, with dial-up. Like, they had a broadband adapter for it eventually, but, like, I think it just fucking shipped with, like, a a regular-ass modem, a 56K modem. Um, And was one of of the first uh, consoles, I mean, not one of, it was the absolute first console I ever owned um, that had that capability. And I thought it was so cool. Barely used it. Hardly ever used that shit. But I thought I don't think cool. I ever did. Yeah. I wasn't into online gaming. That wasn't PC at that point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a lot of what you would see on the Dreamcast would be further iterations of their first party games, Sonic and, and things like that. Um, to varying degrees of success. Now, what the Dreamcast offered, though, boatloads of fighting games. If you like yes. fighting games, the Dreamcast was your system. Fighting games and sports games. Yeah, because I'll get into because there's like Virtua Tennis, um, which amazing. like absolutely sunk hundreds of hours to yelling and screaming at people with mm-hmm. was was a grand old time. But you're right, fighting games on that system were were on point so listen i'm gonna go through and read some of these fighting games from the list you tell me we'll see which ones we both had which games we would have been throwing down in um if we were hanging out when we both had our dreamcasts um uh let's see here oh i well speaking of online i really wanted to play bomberman online back in the day but never did Ooh, that would have been fun we loved bomberman in college on All the right. super nintendo um capcom versus snk i never had that one me weirdly. neither me neither yeah. um let's see obviously soul caliber power stone um mm-hmm. we talked about those already dead or alive too my first experience had it. with the, the mm-hmm. me too First experience with the Dead or Alive series was uh, was on the Dreamcast. Same. Uh, yep. And I just remember being like, yo, <laughs> there's something about this game. I can't put my finger on it. Actually, kind I can. A, it's them kind of digital. Kind of a sexy fighting game. <laughs> them digital boobs. <laughs> sexy fighting God game. God bless you, Sega. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there were several <laughs> Street Fighter games. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike was the one that um, I played like so much that I'm surprised I didn't have to buy like two or three more Dreamcast controllers. <laughs> Five different King of Fighters games. Sure. I, I never had any of those. Me neither. Me neither. Um, I did have Street Fighter 3. I had Marvel versus Capcom 1 and 2. Oh, best believe I had both of those. Man, 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 man. Um, just an, that's the something about, and I haven't ever been able to put my finger on it. Right. Where like today, if I were to go out and buy a special controller for fighting games, my go-to would be like a six button Genesis slash Saturn controller. That kind Mm -hmm. that's kind of the format of controller that I enjoy for that. But that Dreamcast controller was really good for fighting games. It was. You know, I, I never had any problems with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know this is another one. Of, oh, you know what else was really good? Uh, Sega Bass Fishing. Just had to throw that out there. Oh, nice. I never um, played that one. but the uh, We always talk about it, the VMU. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the, the, the cartridge in yeah. the middle of the controller. Yeah. Bro, 
so good, so good. And we've we've talked about it a lot. There's no need to to go over it all all over again. But it was a it was a tiny little. It was your your memory card. You know, we're in the era of you need a memory card to back up your games and shit. But this had a little screen on it, a D pad, and a couple buttons, and you could slot it into your controller. And then in games like NFL 2K. You could pick your plays on the little VMU on your controller instead of doing it on screen so your fucking doo-doo head buddy could see what <laughs> you chose and then choose, you know, a play after you. Um, you could, they, some games also had, like, tiny little mini games that they would load on that VMU and you could p- play. The one thing, the one thing that the VMU did to that controller that's endlessly frustrating is it made the power cord for the controller come out the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yep. which was such a pain in the ass. And, like, they even had to build, like, a special fucking thing for you to, like, route the controller cord yep. in and shit. <laughs> it was the one thing, like, where you were like, okay, is it worth it to get the VMU? Yes, but this shit is annoying. Why couldn't they have just slotted it in from the bottom somehow? I don't, I don't understand. know. I don't know, man. They were Sega. You know, they can't do everything right. It's right. clear after that. <laughs> After a certain amount of years with the Sega goddamn Genesis that they're like, we don't do everything right. We might do some stuff right, but we we do not do everything right. Right. <laughs> Poor dumb bastards. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Um, So is this the part of the show where we just start talking about our favorite Dreamcast games, basically? Buddy, I think we just jumped in. Let it rip. Let it rip. I mean... You brought up Virtua Tennis. Virtua Tennis and Virtua Tennis 2 are stunning. Good Lord. I mean, just the gameplay is so good in those games, so simple. You have, like, two different kinds of shots, backhand, forehand, but there's, you know, you put a little English on it if you're good and all that. But, man, just getting into that. This was, like, to me, the golden age of couch co-op. Oh, yeah. This this era, you know, because you had so many games that were so good that you could just sit with your buddies and pass the controllers around or have four controllers going at once and just yelling and screaming and having a great time. That game was so huge for that. It was birthed my love of, uh, tennis video games. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I have two, you know, quote unquote sports type of games that I still like to this day, golf, tennis, Mm-hmm. And my love of tennis and video games comes from virtual tennis. Yeah, I'll never forget. We were walking around the mall, uh, me, Berkeley, and I want to say it was Rob, friend of the podcast. And, hey, uh, hey, Rob. Love that. They game. they had that game on display out front where you could play it at the play kiosk. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was inside like looking at games, and I heard them like kind of laughing and having a good time. And I walk out, and they're really getting into this. And I'm just like, 
tennis, whatever. And then I was like, oh, let me play one. I walked right back into the store and bought the game. Hey, hey, that game, can I get one? I'll take one. Yeah. (laughs) It was really good, man. Really good. If they ever did like a a Dreamcast Mini, one of those like little mini consoles, fucking Virtua Tennis needs to be on me up. There was a time when uh, that was like their their branding, Virtua. Everything was Virtua. (laughs) Right, <laughs> Virtua Fighter, Virtua Cop, not great. Uh, Virtua <laughs> Tennis, you know. I forgot about Virtua Cop. That was the great. That was another light gun game. Right, like what was the? What you were the, the most. One? You were the most criminal killingest fucking cop <laughs> in that game. The by the body way. count was like through the roof. Like, yeah. bro, <laughs> what was the other game? The one with the pedal, where you, that I was thinking of, that was out around that time. That was a big. Like first, oh. like you you held the gun. I can't uh, think Area Fifty One. No, that was the, like a, your buddy shooter, like the Terminator Two kind. But this was like the bigger deal. I want to say it was like Time Time Crisis. Time Crisis. That My sounds right. I think that's it. Yeah, Time Crisis. And buddy, because Sega can't, they can't fucking help but get a little weird with it, right? And it's part of the reason I have such fond feelings for Sega. I mean, look at. Is there any franchise in gaming that better defines gets a little weird with it than Yakuza? Yakuza, right? yep, exactly. Um, Sega in a nutshell. But they put out that game, Seaman. Do you remember that? I do. I, I but I I wouldn't have remembered it if I hadn't been doing any research. You know, barely like looking at Dreamcast games, and it came up, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. I never Man, played it, but I was like weird. I was so fucking fascinated, and I wanted to get it in the. The, the crazy thing about Seaman is uh, it had a, a peripheral, a microphone peripheral that you would use to talk to your little Seaman. It was like basically a more advanced fucking Tamagotchi. So you got this yeah. little like sea creature that you had to raise and take care of and you could talk to him and he would, you know, grow up and he would start talking back to you. It's fucking odd. It is a fever dream of a game. One of those things that you're like, wow. That really got made, huh? All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I know that weed isn't really a big thing in Japan, but I I think somebody at Sega was was getting into it. Oh, getting stony baloney. It might be a little bigger than you expect, you know what I mean? Especially at them <laughs> Sega offices. Exactly. They said, why does the Yakuza office always smell like that? Don't ask. Oh, man. Um, speaking of Yakuza, a game that was on the Dreamcast. Oh, like, my God. Like that segue right there, huh? That's Beautiful. Um, Shenmue Shen- was Shen- a game, was basically the progenitor of Yakuza. It was a more serious Yakuza, right? There wasn't the wackiness that you see, at least in my mind. I don't remember it being wacky like Yakuza. There was a little, there was a little wacky in it because I've played the first Shinmu. Uh, re, I replayed it like oh, recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe within the last four or five years when they put out that collection that had the first two. And Shinmu was one of those games that I used to lose sleep over before it came out. I was like, so excited oh, for it, dude. Dude, I was so, so fucking excited for Shinmu. And then it came out, and I fucking went down to Sam Goody in Starkville, Mississippi, and put down way too much money for this game that I think I probably played four hours of and never played again. Like, <laughs> more than that. I gave it more. But, right. like... It was one of those fucking Marty McFly situations where he's like, 
you guys might not get it, but your kids or wait till you whatever that's <laughs> right like you're, you're not ready for this but your kids are gonna love it that's yeah. it you're not ready for this but your kids are gonna love it like who knew that just uh you know a couple of decades later i would be obsessed with the series that clearly took inspiration from shenmue mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right and i i was the same way i was i, I want to say shenmue had gotten delayed a lot prior to its release and it was one of those games that i was just kind of really into there in the late 90s kind of following along with its development mm-hmm. and as much you could back then you know pictures in a magazine but uh when it came out i remember it started getting reviews and, and they weren't like really great and i was just like god that's weird i'm gonna i'm gonna try it anyway and yeah. i played i played through the whole thing i beat it and i remember at the time was not very thrilled with it do you remember like i just remember getting to the uh the part where you're driving the forklift and going, <laughs> you have to have a job. I got a yeah. job now in a video game. And once again, let's time travel to years later. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I got a job in a video game, <laughs> bro. Let me get behind the controls of this forklift. That's so funny. I know. But the thing is in that game at the time, it's like you're, they wanted you to actually be like a forklift driver for like a week of game time mm-hmm. before the, before oh here come the the mafia guys to mess with you now yep <clears throat> so you would get up in the morning get ready for work go to work come home go to bed and then you did that for like a week straight and it was just like oh, really i gotta go drive this down forklift pick these things up move them over here again <laughs> yep and buddy it was oh and like even going back and playing it i was like well you know what i bet you i appreciate it a little more and to me too cl- like where you're still in a- oh my god you just scared the shit out of me jet <laughs> um you're still in the era era of video gaming where not every developer had can had figured out the whole 3d movement thing you know right um so a game i wanted to bring up uh mm. also trans transitioning pretty well because this is an rpg one of the few jrpgs available um, that I didn't play on the Dreamcast. I didn't play it until it was re-released on the GameCube. But it's a really good game, and that's Skies of Arcadia. Nice. This is a game I did not play mm-hmm. uh, on Dreamcast, so I'll let you go on it. Grab um, about it. So it came out in November of 2000, so about a year into the Dreamcast life. And how this did not come across my desk, right? It's like about airships, and it's turn-based battles and it's fucking ooh woo weeby shit you know what i mean like how that didn't come across my desk as as something i needed to check out i'm not sure was never aware of it right um even when it came out on gamecube and i played that version didn't know that it, it had come out on um dreamcast first until i sat down to look at this goddamn list of games i was like wait a second is that did wikipedia fuck up and file that game under the wrong console um Really good game. From what I understand, expensive. Expensive on the secondary market for either console. Um, but its I don't know what else to say besides, you know, it's got some weeby stuff in it. It's a, it's a JRPG. You have a party. You have a party. There's turn-based. There's airships. I played it <laughs> 20 years ago. I don't remember much of the story, but I remember really liking it. So There's a dude named Sid somehow. Yeah. Sid, Biggs, and Wedge. That... <laughs> That Lady Tifa, stacked. <laughs> um, now, one I did play 
that I constantly fucking can't believe um, that I sold. I had this game and I got rid of it when, at some point. And it is very expensive now. And that's a game called Cannon Strike. Cannon Spike, my bad. Do you remember that? Um, I don't. So, Cannon Spike was a co-op, almost sort of twin-stick shooter. You couldn't call it twin-stick shooter because there was only one goddamn stick. But you could shoot in all the different directions. Kind of plays like a Smash TV or a Commando, if you will. Um, a, a fucking Capcom game and one of the playable characters, Cammy from Street Fighter. Mm, nice. Um, you, and these she has are, a special move called Cannon Spike. Exactly. Um, so these are the characters you can choose to play from. Arthur from Ghost and Goblins. Cammy from Street Fighter, Charlie from uh, Street Fighter Alpha, Mega Man. Mm. Um, it was really cool, man. And well, once again, I like you know, it's weird going back to a game like this when maybe you weren't keeping up with review scores and sh shit like you like we do in the modern era of video games, right? Um. And going back and seeing that the game got, like, average reviews. When, as a kid, in 2000, when I got that game, I was like, this may be the greatest thing that they've ever made. Goddamn, Capcom, you really pulled it off. Really, really good game. You yes, guys... I, that was a great one. And speaking of Capcom, um, one of my favorite Dreamcast titles was the Resident Evil that came out on the Dreamcast, Code Veronica. Mm -hmm. I think one that's kind of become a little more appreciated as time has gone on as well i i think so too because i feel like at the time it wasn't getting shit on but i i remember people being like eh, i don't know it's more resident evil it's good it's not great but i do feel like the the general consensus on that game has changed over time for sure for yeah i sure. liked it at the time i loved it you know no no cap, but I'm, I'm a big at those, in those days in my mind, Resident Evil could really do no wrong. That was like my one of my favorite franchises at the time. So I was just happy to get one on that system. Yeah. And, and well, and, you know, they also re-released two and three on the Dreamcast as well, um, which is interesting. Like mm -hmm. um, Capcom loves re-releasing games even way back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, that. That was uh, that was a good one, and then it ended up coming to other platforms. Of it, or was it not until the 360 that it came out on something else? I can't I remember. Think, I think it was maybe the 360 when they brought it back back forward again. I um all right. I want to talk about a game that this was 100 percent a rental, and I rented it and thought it was a really cool game, but did not understand dick about the setting and the story. And then once again, here we are uh, 22 years later, and so many of my friends are obsessed with the franchise that this is based off of, okay? And I remember exactly when I played this game because it came out, for, came out five days before my birthday in the year 2000. So I went to Blockbuster on my birthday and rented Sword of the Berserk Guts Rage. Nice. Um. And it is a hack and slash sort of 3D action video game for the Dreamcast. Um, and 
I remember thinking it was really fun and thinking it was cool. And I was like, why has this guy got a big sword like Cloud? Little did I know. Watch out, gut, uh, Berserk hey. fans. Hey, hey, cool. I, 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 I fucking qualified it. Don't get on my dick. I know. We're about to get to the manga. Yep. Don't worry about yep. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, and so interesting, like, you know, uh, several, several years later when Steve lets me borrow the hardcover berserk manga collection i'm like i played a video game of this on the, the dreamcast did you know that steve and he's like oh, whatever dude just go on get out of here <laughs> it was not like that but i don't I, at the time obviously i wasn't into berserk so i wouldn't have gotten that game because i don't think i don't i wouldn't have gotten the references back then i but. think i was so hard up for some good old weeboo Japanese shit on, uh, you know what I mean? Like, after mm -hmm. coming out of the PlayStation 1 with three Final Fantasy games and stuff, that that's probably why I got it. I was like, this looks Japanese. Let's get to it. See, that's why I always loved Resident Evil, was because I always felt like that was, like, a Japanese take on an American horror movie. Oh, 100. Right? Like, and that's, 100. I always enjoyed, I always enjoyed, like, the, the shitty dialogue and the, um, kind of poor acting you know that was always i felt intentional in those series in a good way um games that i never played but man i wanted to were the fantasy star online games do you remember reading about those and i do but i i they never really piqued my interest if i'm honest this was this was definitely in the time when i would have been you know playing everquest and things mm -hmm. like that and the idea of playing one of those games on a console really sounded fascinating to me, especially considering, you, you know, it's not like where, oh, well, I could play it on PC or on the console. It was only on the Dreamcast. And they put out a giant fucking Dreamcast keyboard and shit for it. And man, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I never did. But boy, did I want to. Boy, did nice. I want to. Um, anytime I hear about people talking about um, uh, their times playing, uh, Fantasy Star Online on the Dreamcast always makes me a little jealous. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, the Dreamcast was where I played Dino Crisis. Did you play that on Dreamcast? I definitely played, played Dino Crisis, but I, in my mind, I'm Mandela affecting it to the PlayStation. I think it was. I think this was another, another Capcom sly re-release on a different... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it came out on the PlayStation and the Dreamcast. Okay. Because I had a PlayStation then also, yeah, so I, I, I would have played it on that first, I think, and only. Um, and uh, something that was really cool um, about the Dreamcast is they were really easily able to port um, uh, Sega arcade games that were right. built yes. on, like, the, I think they called it the Naomi or the Ni Naomi I can't arcade think boards, it, but, but mm -hmm. like, Crazy Taxi. You yeah, know, I loved Crazy Taxi. Arcade perfect version of Crazy Taxi in home. Yeah. Did you did you own that? Yes. I, I did. did too. I bought it day one, in fact. And I was really impressed. With that said, I, I don't think I in retrospect that probably should have been a rental. Yeah. Because uh, but... I kinda got I kinda got tired of it pretty quickly. Yeah. But it was it, when you talk about a perfect arcade replication, I think that was one. Yeah. And then they started doing like once again, they were not afraid to get a little weird with it. What's the fucking um, 
spray painting. You're on roller oh, skates. Uh, jet Set Radio. Jet Set Radio. Take it away, Steve. Oh, man, I don't remember much about this game either. I did play it, though, and I just remember kind of, I guess I, w- I wasn't cool enough at that point to really get like what they're, the, the culture that that was trying to introduce really, you know, mm-hmm. all I saw was a video game where you could skate around and, and paint stuff, which I didn't understand the cultural reference. So I think it was lost on 16 year old me. I played it. It was a rental. I thought it was cool. I was like, damn, it looks really cool. It, and it played like silky smooth from what I remember. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 16 23 year old me sorry (laughs) i uh um but another one of those games that like if i knew then what i know now boy would i like to go back and visit that now you want to talk about a weird fucking game this came out on um dreamcast and pc and it was omicron omicron the nomads nomad soul that Do rings a bell. This? It does. It, it does ring a bell. Fucking was that? Was it Idos? It was Idos. Yes. It was developed by I or well, it was published by Idos, d- developed by Quantric Dream. You know the fucking shitheads that are making that Star Wars game. Ah, uh, um, yeah. And this was a ge- buddy. You would have thought that the cure to spina bifida was in the game code for this game. Speaking of <laughs> fucking magazine ads for this game. David Bowie was in it as a character, yes. as like a weird uh-huh. cyberspace pop star. And it had this crazy overarching plot where your your soul jumps into different bodies and like you have to be in different characters to complete different puzzles. None of the systems worked well. It played like dog shit. The concept <laughs> was cool and, I, and that's what it took to get me in the door. Never beat it, but was very excited for it. And it was one of those like, man, I should not have been excited, huh? I should not have been excited. Yeah, I seem to recall that one getting bad reviews and I stood I stayed away. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, the le- Legacy of Kane games, I believe, were also on the Dreamcast. Yep. Yep. Soul I Reaver, maybe? Yep. Soul Reaver for sure was. Uh I would have played those on the Dreamcast as well. And it's crazy, like I have a lot of memory of a lot of time on my Dreamcast, but it would be, you know, just a little over a year later before I would get the PlayStation 2, and I know that started taking up a lot of time. So I was, Mm -hmm. but I was definitely bouncing between the two of them, um, for sure. Uh, Okay, Blue Stinger. Have you ever heard of this game? This was actually. I remember Blue Stinger, yeah. Yeah. Did you, I, I didn't play it though. I did. I remember the ads. Did you like it? I did like it. Uh, once again, a rental. You know, this is big, big boy rental days here. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, and it was sort of a action survival horror game uh, that was meant to be, I think, was meant to be more goofy. I can't tell uh, if it was meant to be goofy or if it just turned out that way. Uh, Robbo from um, the Hardcore Games 101 podcast, big fan of Blue Stinger and Dogs Bower and Dogs Bower-esque custo- uh, characters, not customers. Hmm. Um, this is a game I'm dying to replay. I am dying to replay this game. Can you emulate it? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I just probably got to go get a couple of viruses on my computer, you know? Right. 
I mean, the list. The fighting games just alone, you know, when you talk about Marvel versus Capcom 2, you're talking about like such a huge roster of characters, you know, three on three crazy ass team battles. Mm -hmm. And dude, uh, I don't, okay. The first time I ever saw someone using an arcade stick to play a fighting game was Dreamcast. I was in a public speaking class my freshman year in college, and the dude that sat at the table next to me was a big fighting game guy. And we would trade games, not like permanently, but I'd be like, oh, I'll let you borrow Dead or Alive 2. You let me borrow Marvel versus Cap, whatever it was, right? And <laughs> Boy, I'd have been like, I lost it. You can have my Dead or Alive because I lost it. Keep it. <laughs> um, uh, and he was like, man, you should come hang out at the dorm and play some fighting games sometime. And I was like, dude, I'll, I'll totally do that. Cause at the time I lived in an apartment off campus. Right. And so, uh, one weekend I get my, he was like, bring a PlayStation two controller and bring a dreamcast controller. We switch it up. And I was like, you got it boss. And I showed up and it was just this dude. <laughs> and he was already set up with his arcade stick on like one of those TV tray tables. You know what I mean? Like you would eat sick. a fucking hungry man on and just sitting in front of his TV shirtless in jeans, ready to whip my ass. I'm Wet. surprised you could get in from the line of women that had to just be lined up. No, nah, man. I, and I was like, Oh, this is how it goes down. And he was like, what you want to play first? And I was like, well, let's do Marvel versus Capcom. Since you let me borrow it, I've been practicing it. Ha practicing practicing he whipped my ass oh i thought he laughed i thought you were doing like he laughed at you when you said practicing no that's me <laughs> laughing at myself <laughs> i don't know that i won a single round of any game and i was like well i'm gonna go enjoy uh, my afternoon at my house or at my apartment where i'm not just getting my ass beat all the time <laughs> i'm gonna go play the computer on easy difficulty to redeem myself yeah. <laughs> just to feel something <laughs> man when you walk into a cat's house though and he's got the fight stick set up on the tv tray You're like in trouble yeah you are in trouble my friend unless and, you like are really really good and it was one of those uh it was one of those metal ones you know those metal tv trays that like if you barely pushed on it would make that metal popping you know bonk, 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 bonk. yeah so the whole time he's ripping ripping off hurricane kicks and shit this metal on this table is just going bonk, 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 bonk. You had that in your nightmares that yep. night. Yeah. It's fantastic. I was like, well, all right. Uh, my <laughs> first experience with the Grand Theft Auto franchise was I rented Grand Theft Auto 2 for the Dreamcast. And I was like, this is not great. Not going, not great. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's insane to see what happened to that series. I know it's because somebody completely different, right? Like yeah. Rockstar was had nothing to do with GTA 2. Listen or to GTA. this, buddy. We really got the fucking shaft in America. I'm going to read you uh, off some titles that they got in Japan that we didn't. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you their uh, genres. Shinseki Evangelion, Ayanami <sighs> Rei, Esuke, Kikeku. This game is described as strategy, br breeding, and construction 
what? Yeah, and it's it's one of those Wikipedia lists where you can click on it, and this one it does not take you anywhere. They said too dirty for for Wikipedia. Uh, Shinseki Evangelion typing e kikeku. So that's another. That's like a typing game. They got two different Evangelion typing games. Nice. I would have been into that. I like typing games. I like Evangelion. I don't know about an Evangelion breeding game. Yeah, I don't know about all that. (laughs) I mean, I would have checked it out just for fandom's sake, and I probably would have put only 60 to 70 hours in it just to check it out. (laughs) Yeah, you're just doing everybody else. You know, you're doing it work for everybody else. Talking about like, ooh, I'm tender right now. There was an Evangelion game, like an actual one that didn't come out over here. I remember when you and I got Evangelion crazy uh, last year. Was it two years ago? No, it was last year. And uh, I was doing all this research. There was a game that had lore in it, like that you you can only find in that game. It's pretty wild. I'd like to track that game down. There's a bunch of Evangelion games we never got uh, over here. Uh, A lot of them are... Porny. Right. <laughs> or about breeding, apparently. Porny. <laughs> A lot of them are porny. <laughs> Do you remember this game, D2? Uh, it was a horror game. Yeah. Ish, right? Yeah. yeah. I never. I, I think I did play that one. But that would have been like a rental for me. I think it was definitely a rental. Th- you know, when I think about it, I don't remember having a lot of Dreamcast games that I owned. I rented a lot. I was a big rental rental guy back then. Um, yeah, I want to say the only games I owned for that system mostly were just the fighting games and the sports games, and Resident Evil mm-hmm. when that came out because I had to get that. But um there were some other ones too that i'm trying to think of that uh that were pretty good for that system as well you said you mentioned the sonic game did you like that one i did like i said i think it's a good attempt at moving that franchise into 3d um just fall short of sort of the the stuff that nintendo was doing moving their franchises to 3d right that makes sense um first college football game i ever played by the way was on the Dreamcast NCA College Football 2K2 Road to the Rose Bowl, baby. <laughs> I think nice. that was the first one I ever played. Yeah, looking at this list, I think mainly the stuff I remember from that era. There was a game called Headhunter that I do kind of vaguely remember, which again I don't think I played very much of, but it was kind of like third person, kind of stealthy, like spy kind of deal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i kind of remember that also remember quake 3 arena being on there and not playing it i, I played it on pc um unreal tournament was also on the dreamcast but i was playing the, that game on pc yeah. as well there's a record of lotos war game on there that i was completely unaware of and it came Ooh. out in the united states too i'll be damned Whew. better tell will that he'll go out and buy a dreamcast tomorrow he loves Record of Lotus War. I wonder if that's one of those things that wouldn't hold up if he watched it today. I don't know. I got that for Christmas one year, like the VHS box set. That's like so stoked. I, I loved I loved it back in the day too. But yeah, I don't know. It it's kinda like those early Dragonlance books. Maybe they they were great then, but do not say that in front of Nick. 
I know. If you say dragon and then 15 minutes later you you talk about your friend Lance, he's going <laughs> to put that shit together and he is going to wax poetic about Dragon Lance. I love Nick's <laughs> fandom for Dragon Lance. Me too. I love it too. We used to talk about him all the time. Do you Back remember um okay, so you'll have to appease me for just a second. I got to talk about Star Wars games released on the Dreamcast. Oh, do it. Yeah. Star Take Wars it out Star Wars stuff. Star Wars Episode 1 Jedi Power Battles, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, Star Wars De- uh, Demolition. There is one really good game, one okay game and one awful game. Uh <laughs> Episode 1 Racer is the really good game. Jedi Power Battles pretty good. It's like, you know, their take on a beat 'em up in Star Wars. Uh, if you beat the game, you unlock the ability to play as the greatest Jedi Master of all time, Kiati Mundi. Mm-hmm. And then Star Wars de- dom- de- Demo- I, but Star Demolition. Wars Demolition is unfiltered dog feces. It is their attempt to do a twisted metal type game with Star Wars vehicles, and it's oh boy, bad. Bad. <laughs> bad um, video game racer that was out on a lot of platforms right yeah yeah now with that said i feel like the dreamcast might have had the best version because i feel like it came out oh yeah the latest so it had the benefit of being like the best console version of that probably i think it was i think it was yeah. by far the best because uh the you probably double version... dipped, didn't you of course it's... An early double dip. Who do you think you're talking to? What kind of doo-doo feces Star Wars fan do you take me to be, Steve? We're talking about the era of Star Wars merch being falling out of your dick. You could stand up (laughs) off the couch and two fucking Watto figures would fall out your pee hole. That's how much fucking Phantom Menace merch was sitting on the shelves. Um, There was another one that I wanted to bring. Oh, Space Channel 5. Did you ever play Space Channel 5, that rhythm game? I loved that game. Who knew that just a few years later I'd be fucking strapping on the fucking plastic guitar, (laughs) wowing them all with my fucking medium skill guitar hero (laughs) abilities. I do love a rhythm game. No hating on the rhythm game, but I never played that one. Yeah, I did. I really liked that one. So, guys, listen. Pour one out for our buddy, the Dreamcast. It was ahead of yeah. its time in a lot of ways. It's a solid fucking console. Um, what were your favorite Dreamcast games that we missed? Um, I know. I so mine is Power Stone. Yeah, mine. You're, my, if if you're picking one, Power Stone. God, I don't. This is tough. I I think it's a tie, and I hate to do it, but it's a tie between Street Fighter Three Third Strike. And Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Virtua Tennis. That's, that's, it's a three-way tie. It's a three-way tie. The thing that sucks is like, well, not suck, sucks, well, kind of sucks, is that um, all, all those other games you mentioned, with ex- maybe the exception of Virtua Tennis, we can play all as, as the day is long. It is mm-hmm. not hard to get your hands on any of those other games nowadays on any console. But Power Stone, Virtua Tennis, yeah. that's a different beast. Very true. Um, so, yeah, why don't you guys let us know what you thought of the Dreamcast? What was your favorite game? HighPotionPod at gmail.com. Follow Steve on Twitter at Stoned Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. Leave us a review. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for everything. Bye, guys. Bye.